Have you ever thought about the neuroscience of video and really the proximity? What happens inside of the brain when you're closer to the camera or even when you're watching somebody that's closer? I want to spend some time in this episode talking with you about that. In fact, I'm joined by a special guest on this episode of Video Marketing Mastery. Discover how video can help you achieve your sales and marketing goals. It all starts right here in Todd Hartley's Video Marketing Mastery. Hey, what is up? Of course, it's Todd and I'm in West Palm Beach, Florida. Just got off of the Tony stage last night. You can still hear it in my voice that I just did one of those big speeches. Right, <laughs> and I'm joined right now by one of the uh, my fellow members of the business mastery faculty speakers, David Meerman Scott, who is speaking tonight. David, what is up? How's it going, Todd? So good to see you actually in person. This is so crazy. I mean, the whole freaking world's been virtual for a year and a half, and here we are in sunny Palm Beach. So you crushed it last night, my friend. Thank it was so much. absolutely terrific. And I'm up tonight, super excited. It's a highlight of my year to be on a Tony Robbins stage. So really, really great to be here. I'm glad we could have a chance to speak. Yeah, it's... David and I have done a bunch of these episodes. I don't know the episode numbers, but if you just go into wirebuzz.com and you search David Meerman Scott in the top right corner, you'll pull up like three or four episodes that we've done over the years. But I'm particularly nerdy about David's material. And there's an aspect of David's material that weaves in perfectly with what I talk about. And it's the neuroscience of proximity inside of the video. Now, David, if somebody is watching a video, and the person that they're watching is closer up into the camera that registers differently into the brain, doesn't it? It does. And it's interesting, fascinating, actually, because my daughter, Reiko, and I wrote a book called Fanocracy. And we dug into the neuroscience aspects of how and why we become fans of something. And basically, we humans are all hardwired to want to be part of a tribe of like-minded people. We all are. It's, it's part of our DNA. It goes back to ancient humans uh, cruising around the savannah looking for, um, for wildebeest to hunt, you know, and um, we're, we're happier in groups. So we spoke with a bunch of neuroscientists about that and how you can develop fandom with this understanding that we want to be part of a group. And one neuroscientist, his name is Edward T. Hall, identified different levels of how far you are away from another person. And he said, further than about 15 feet is called public space. We know people are around us in public space, but our brains don't really react very much. Inside of about 15 feet to about four feet is called social distance. Incidentally, socially distance um, when you're in the pandemic means stay further than four, four feet or so away from people. But that, um, our brains begin to track people. So you imagine going into a crowded room you can, um, your brain tracks all of the people in that crowded room, everybody. And it's super interesting. You don't know you're doing it, but you do because you need to know, are they part of my tribe? Are they a potential danger? You walk into um, a cocktail party where you know people, it's super great. You walk into a crowded elevator, you don't know anyone, you can't f help 
but to feel a tiny bit nervous. Um, and inside of four feet is called um, personal space where the most powerful relationships happen. Now, prior to the pandemic, a, a great way to build fans is to try to cultivate those personal relationships where you're meeting people in person. I'm going to their offices, having meals. A little tougher to do during the pandemic. But here's where it's super interesting with what you teach, Todd, is the whole idea of where this comes in to video. And it turns out another form of neuroscience called mirror neurons is the part of our brain that fires when we see something happen or we see somebody and our brain is firing as as if we are doing it ourselves. You're watching a sad movie. You feel, you feel yourself, well, your tears welling up. Um, you see someone bite into a lemon. Your mouth begins to water. That's what's going on. So here's where it's super cool with video. Many people shoot their videos too far away. And now you know this because you see it all the time. But there's actually the neuroscience behind that because if you shoot a video as if you're about four feet from the person, that's that personal distance, and you crop it in that way, people who are watching the video through the mirror neurons feel as if they're actually in the same room as you, right next to you. Intellectually, they know they're not, but they feel like they are. And, and what's so cool about that um, is that's exactly why we feel we know a movie star. Like, Todd the movie star, I know you because I know you on video. I feel like you're my friend, even though I know we've never met. Right, right. Now, here's something interesting. David and I just had a super nerdy conversation this morning at the hotel pool about our webinar setups because David and I have virtually the same exact setup and we use cameras in similar ways, but we also have a camera that's wide and we've got a camera that that is more zoomed in on us and that applies to exactly the principle you're laying out and why in that type of a of a communication, it's more intimate and personal and they develop a relationship with you when the camera's closer, correct? Um, absolutely, and the other thing that you talk about a lot, Todd, is the whole idea of having the camera located so that it's right about eye level and always, always, always maintaining that eye contact with the camera, so in other words, eye contact with the person who's watching the video, because again, the neuroscience aspect of it, our brains are processing the watching of a video of a person talking as if there is no video, as if you're actually there in the room. And so if you're not looking at the camera, people get wiggy because, wait, why isn't this person looking at me? Intellectually, you know you're not in the same room with them, but your brain then processes it that way. And that's also why eye level is important. And so you imagine you're sitting across a small two-person table having dinner with somebody. That's what you should be looking for when you're shooting your videos. And you talk about this all the time, but what I think is so geeky and cool about it is that there's actually neuroscience to back it up so interesting you know and david was talking about the lemon my mouth was watering i'm sure yours was also because it's how the brain works it's what triggers and if you can identify those elements like eye contact and proximity in how you fake or facilitate relationship development through video you're going to be much further along now david is also a prolific author 
Like every time I talk to David, there's a new book and he's, each book builds on top of each other. Like, you know, it's David's great work on earth. David, can you give us just a quick overview on your, um, your books and where people could start to get information about you because you've really introduced a lot of big concepts like newsjacking. Here we go. Hey, thanks for that, Todd. So my full name is David Meerman Scott. People say, why does this guy so pretentious? He uses his middle name. (laughs) And uh, while it's true, I may be a little bit pretentious. I actually use my middle name because I'm the only David Meerman Scott in the whole world. Um, for that's for search engine optimization purposes. You know, you enter the David Meerman Scott in the search engines, you find me. Um, my best-selling book is a book called The New Rules of Marketing and PR. I'm now working on the eighth edition. Wow. Uh, it's out in 29 different languages. It's sold um, just under a half million copies in English. Um, and my latest book is called Fanocracy, Turning c- Fans into Customers and Customers into Fans. I wrote that with my daughter, Reiko. She's now 27 years old. When we were writing it, she was in med school, and she's now an emergency room doctor at Boston Medical Center. Um, and she's a massive fan of Harry Potter. She's a massive fan of K-pop. Um, she's a mixed-race millennial woman. She's utterly different than me, Todd. I- I'm a Grateful Dead-loving um, middle-aged wife white dude, right? And uh, and so by writing this book about fandom together, we got a whole bunch of different um, um, perspectives on the idea of fandom. And like I said earlier, um, if you're interested in building fans of your business, we just dug in deep into this, understanding how and why our brains want to be part of a tribe of like-minded people and how can you can build a tribe around yourself. I... I've been a part of David's tribe for a long time. I saw him the first time speaking on a very large stage at the National Speakers Association. Some of you might know this story. Please, David, forgive me for telling it again. But David got David's the creator of the term newsjacking. And there are a bunch of interviews where we talk about newsjacking. Just go to wirebuzz.com, search up newsjacking or David Meerman Scott. You'll get those conversations. But I he got off the stage I slipped him a note and um, we peeled off to the side and did an interview together David's also been extremely gracious to me in my career and helping me get to the next level tonight you are speaking on the biggest stage in the world my brother and uh, can you explain to people what that experience is like and as a speaker what it means to speak on Tony Robbins' stage Oh, my gosh. It is, as you know, because you've done it, Todd, it is just an unbelievable experience. Um, I'm a a massive, massive live music fan. I'm such a geek about it. Ever since I was 15 years old and saw my first concert, which was Aerosmith, my second concert, the Ramones played my high school in 1975. Um, I've seen 75 Grateful Dead concerts. I'm going to two Grateful Dead concerts this week. Um, I'm a huge, huge, massive live music fan. And uh, I have no musical ability. I can't sing. But I love being on a stage. And being on a Tony Robbins stage as a, as a professional speaker is kind of like you get invited to, 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 as a musician to play Coachella or something. I mean, it's just, it is the ultimate. And what I love 
and and Todd, you would understand this, and anyone who's spoken a lot on a, on a public stage would understand this. But if you haven't, it's hard to grasp this concept. Once you become adept at 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 speaking, once you know your material really well, once you've you've really honed your style, you've got all of those things down. You your brain can kind of work in parallel. You've got one part, and Todd's nodding. He's yeah. like, yeah, he gets this. Um, one part of your brain is delivering your talk while the other part of your brain is setting up the next minute of your talk. Now, if the analogy that I think works best for me is billiards, pool. If you're a pool player, you know, when you first get started, it's about sinking the, it's about shooting the cue ball to sink one of the other balls. So that's what you're focused on when you first learn to play pool. If you play a lot, that's a given. You're gonna sink the next ball, that's a given. And what you're doing is you're setting up the next shot. You wanna sink the ball and have the cue ball all set to go for the next shot. And when I'm on a Tony Robbins stage, my brain is working dually. And I'm sure you experience this too, Todd, is you're presenting but the other part of your brain is, is, is conscious of what's going on around you. What's the audience thinking and doing? Uh, and even virtually we can see the chat. And um, how much time do I have? And what's my next slide? And do I need to set up the joke because I've got a punchline coming up? And all of that is something that it takes a decade of public speaking experience to get there. And when I watch somebody like, I don't know, Mick Jagger or John Mayer on a stage, um, um, or Pink um, I mean, on a stage, you just know that's what they're doing too. They're singing the words or playing the lick, but they're thinking ahead of what's coming next. Uh, and Tony has taught me that. Tony is... Uh, amazing to have let me spoke, speak on his stage now for I think I'm coming up on eight years. It's amazing. Wow. He's David Meerman Scott. He is on the biggest stage in the world tonight. I'm not going to take up too much time because the day you speak is also your prep day to get yourself ready to start serving people all over the world. I'm going to be in that crowd tonight. I'm going to be cheering for you. David, where can people go? What's your website? Uh, DavidMeermanScott.com works. If you're interested in the ideas of fanocracy, a bunch of great free content on fanocracy.com. And most of my social medias are DMScott, D-M-S-C-O-T-T. Beautiful. David, thanks for joining me on the Toddcast. And for those of you that want more information and maybe want to hear more inter interviews with David, just go to wirebuzz.com, search him up and listen to those great interviews where he breaks down and shares his knowledge on a bunch of different topics. We are out. Talk to you later. Peace.